as we move into the Lenten period. Uh, I should say, those of you that have ordered a book, I do have the, um, the ones uh, that we've got at the bargain price, as I've told you before, a bargain of £3.50, uh, The Purpose Driven Life. For those of you that are reading it, if you started it on Wednesday, by my calculations, you should be on day five today. If you've not started it yet, don't worry, because 40 days, uh, actually, you can get all the readings in between now and Good Friday, if you start today. So, uh, do have a look at those readings. It helps us think around those themes. And it's been great. I've already had three or four conversations with people just talking about the book. You know, things that we've, um, well, there are parts in struggled with. Uh, there is one chapter in particular that I, I struggle with out of the first one. I'll leave you to try and guess which chapter that might be. But there are many, many really good truths and good challenges through the book as well. And um, we've been sharing some of those things. So it's a great opportunity to talk and share with others about how they're finding the book. I encourage you to do that. So as we ask the question this morning, what on earth am I here for? We're going to have a reading from the book of Ephesians. Uh, we've already heard a couple of verses of it in one version. But Ephesians 1 and reading uh, verses 1 to 14. looking around in case anyone's expecting to read it this morning. Uh, if not, I will do it. You can find it on page 240 of the New Testament section in the Pew Bibles. From Paul, who by God's will is an apostle of Christ Jesus, to God's people in Ephesus who are faithful in their life in union with Christ Jesus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in our union with Christ he has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly world. Even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through our union with Christ, so that we would be holy and without fault before him. Because of his love, God had already decided that through Jesus Christ, he would make us his sons. This was his pleasure and purpose. Let us praise God for his glorious grace, for the free gift he gave us in his dear son. For by the sacrificial death of Christ, we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God which he gave to us in such large measure. In all his wisdom and insight, God did what he had purposed and made known to us the secret plan he had already decided to complete by means of Christ. This plan, which God will complete when the time is right, is to bring all creation together, everything in heaven and on earth, with Christ as head. All things are done according to God's plan and decision. And God chose us to be his own people in union with Christ because of his own purpose, based on what he had decided from the very beginning. Let us then, who were the first to hope in Christ, praise God's glory. And you also became God's people when you heard the true message, the good news that brought you salvation. 
You believed in Christ and God put his stamp of ownership on you by giving you the Holy Spirit he had promised. The Spirit is the guarantee that we shall receive what God has promised his people. And this assures us that God will give complete freedom to those who are his. Let us praise his glory. Thanks be to God for his word. Let's pray. (coughs) Father God, as we start our series this morning, considering what on earth am I here for, we pray that we would find answers this morning. We would find answers through you. Reveal yourself to us, we pray. In the name of Christ. Amen. As I started this week thinking about the topic, what on earth am I here for? I was very tempted to do something which might have been a little bit strange. You see, I was wondering if I went out into Pershaw and started asking people on the streets, what on earth are you here for? (laughs) I I might have phrased it a little bit differently from that. (laughs) I wonder what sort of responses I would have got. You know, as I was thinking about this, I thought this is a really good idea. Why don't I do it? Uh, But then I looked out and it started snowing. And uh, I have a kind of enthusiasm. I thought, for a start, people might not really want to answer that question uh, on a cold day uh, while it's snowing. And I thought I might get very cold as well in the process. But what an interesting question that would be to ask people. As I say, don't phrase it quite like that. What on earth are you here for? (laughs) But ask people, what do you think life is really about? What do you think life is really about? There's a um, conversation that goes on in um, Alice in Wonderland, in the book, between Alice and the Cheshire Cat. And it goes something like this. Alice asks the cat which direction she should go in. And the cat asks Alice, where is it that you want to go? I don't really mind where I go then it doesn't really matter what direction you take, says the cat. You know, I wonder, is life like that for some people? If I had gone out and asked that question, I wonder if we would have had that sort of response. I don't really know where I'm going. It doesn't really matter. And I'm desperately trying to get this to work. (laughs) But it's not at the minute. What on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? What sort of answers might we have got? I think we could have got something like the pessimistic view. And um, Jeremiah is perhaps the example of this. When he asks, where was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow and to end my life in disgrace? I wonder... If some people would have said that, would give a pessimistic view. Life is very difficult right now. What on earth am I here for? I'm just here to be the one who gets trouble, who finds difficulty, who struggles. Maybe there are some people who feel like that this morning. What on earth am I here for? I'm the one who ends up 
in trouble all the time. The survivalist view. I think some people think, well, maybe life is about just trying to survive for as long as possible. Survival of the fittest. The naturalist view. You know, life is about making sure there is more life to carry on after us. You know, as you get through these, they're not the most exciting things, are they, to get you out of bed in the morning? Perhaps if you're in the naturalist view, you don't need to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Ice-T, a rap artist, if any of you don't know who he is, just possibly one of two of you don't, said this, the only reason we're here is to reproduce, just chill out and reproduce, keep the species alive. What? People the hedonist view life is about pleasure get as much pleasure as you can from life there are some people who think that that's what life is about you know, it's kind of the eat can be merry for tomorrow we die you know, let's just have as much fun as we can do whatever it is to give the buzz the hedonist view and then perhaps there is the materialist view as well. What life is really about is trying to get as many possessions as possible. What will really make us happy is to have things. That's what the purpose of life is about. To show that we're a success, to gather things around us. That's what life Life is about success. And there are many, many books out there that can help people to achieve these purposes, allegedly. I, um, I went and just looked for some of the titles on these. The first one, Instant Confidence. Great. Um, going to Pieces Without Falling Apart. <laughs> the Art of Happiness. Change Your Life. In How You Get Personal Freedom personal freedom and um, this one which is a little bit difficult to read um, but I have got as the next part comes up it does tell you what it's about awaken the giant within how to take immediate control of your mental emotional physical and financial life wouldn't that be a great book if it could help you do this and then this final one that I looked at as well which perhaps sums up everything that we've been talking about the big book of me because there's something about all of these things that I think actually, you know, whatever you're looking at, whether it's your financial, emotional, physical state, uh, how, to make your, how to change your life in seven days, how to get instant success, uh, instant happiness, going to pieces without falling apart, whatever those things, it's actually saying, life is about me. You know, look at me, look inside of me, and you will find your purpose. And that's what a lot of the world view is about. It's saying, look within to find your purpose. And that is fundamentally flawed. We had this verse. Right started with it this morning. It was on the notices as well. The earth is the Lord's and all in it. The world and those who live in it. He built it on the deep waters 
laid it on the foundations, laid its foundations in the ocean depths. You know, if we want to find out the purpose in our lives, it strikes me that it's very strange to just be looking within ourselves, because we didn't make ourselves. I want to give just two illustrations, and neither of these are perfect, but perhaps illustrate a little bit about this whole idea. You know, imagine you go and buy a dog, and people buy a dog for different reasons. You know, some people might just have a dog for company. Others might want it to uh, protect their home. Others might want it to round sheep up or something like that. You know, is the dog going to find out its purpose in life by just saying, what do I want to do? What do I feel like doing? Well, mind you, some of the dogs that I know do do that. <laughs> but actually, the purpose of the dog, the best dogs, are the ones that know the purpose that the owner wants from them and responds to it. You know, they know if they're there for company. They know if they're there to watch out over property. They know if they're supposed to be rounding sheep. You know, purpose is not coming from them looking with what they want. Another example, well Andy's given it this morning as well with the children's talk. You know, lots of different things that have been invented by one person at one time or another. Uh, I don't know if any of you remember the game show, Whose Line Is It Anyway, uh, that used to be on Channel 4 about 10 years ago and it was very, very popular for a while. And they would used to give objects to people and you had to get uh, or make up what used for. You know, we could have done that this morning with some of these. We could have made up all sorts of things about what the purpose is. But only the person who invented it initially knew what that purpose was for. And then as other people use it for that purpose, it's revealed. It's only by at the one who created that we know what the purpose is for those who have things work in those situations, exactly the same thing is true for us today. If we want to know what on earth we are here for, we need to look to the one who made us and ask that question of him. What is my purpose? What does the creator say about our purpose? In our reading from Ephesians, we had some verses and there are two of them here. Even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through our union with Christ so that we would be holy and without fault before him. And then in verse 11, all things are done according to God's plan and decision. And God chose us to be his own people in union with Christ because of his own purpose based on what he had decided from the very beginning. We have been made to live in union with Christ. Look at how Paul starts so many of his letters. He starts this one. Paul, an apostle of Christ. He knows his identity. He knows his identity in Christ. God has made us to live in union with him. That's our purpose. That purpose doesn't come through looking from inside of ourselves. It looks comes from looking at the one who made us. Our purpose is found in God, who has made us to live in union with him. When we live in union with Christ, that's when we find our purpose. When we live 
in union with Christ Jesus, who has chosen us, who has chosen you and me to live in union with him. Perhaps another question that comes with this. It's a question that so many people in society ask today. Does my life matter? Does my life matter? You know, I'm sure that um, you know, the way you actually phrase questions, phrase sentences, can really change their meaning. Um, I remember uh, this particularly when I was at college, and my memory fades a little bit about the exact wording, but we were, we were at a time when we were looking at various profiles from churches. And um, one of the profiles came back and it said this, the minister will agree with the deacons the way for the church. Just change your emphasis slightly on that. The minister will agree with the deacons <laughs> on the way forward for the church. You know, I've talked about it already with the questions, what on earth am I here for? You could go out to somebody on the street and say, what on earth are you here for? You can say it, what on earth am I here for? You can say it sighing, what on earth am I here for? You know, and there are people who ask this question, does my life Again, Andy referred to it in the children's talk about the, the value of life. You know, the value in the antiques roadshow that people pray, place on the goods. What is the value of our life? People have so much, uh, there is so much damage about a sense of self-worth. You know, perhaps because people have been undervalued for so long. Perhaps because people have been abused. Perhaps just because of life situations, of guilt, whatever it is. But people wonder, does my life really matter? And the answer is yes. I'm going to read these verses again. Verses 5 to 10. But I'm going to read it from the message because I think this puts it just in a slightly different way. But is very, very powerful. Long, long ago... He decided to, do, to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out in the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took, such delight. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. Does our life matter? Yes. It matters to God. He sent Jesus to die for you and me. His blood was shed because the purpose of God was that we should live in union with him. What's us living in union with him is our sin, our desire to go our own way, to lead our own lives. And he has sent Christ to die for us because he thinks that you and I are worthy of paying that price that we might live in union with him. Everything on planet Earth. Does our life matter? Yes. It matters to God. He sent Jesus to die for you and me. His blood was shed because the purpose of God was that we should live in union with him. 
stops us living in union with him is our sin, our desire to go our own way, to lead our own lives. And he has sent Christ to die for us because he thinks that you and I are worthy of paying that price, that we might live in union with him. Are we worth it? Yes, because Christ says so, because Christ was willing to pay that price for you and for me. And we cannot argue with that. It's not a matter of whether it's true or not, it's a matter of whether we feel it or not. The truth does not change. My life matters because of Jesus. My life matters when I find purpose in God. God who has created me to live in union with him. Does our life matter? Yes, it matters to God. Every single person's life matters. Your life matters this morning to God. Does it feel it? Maybe, maybe not. The truth does not change. Your life is just as important to God as anyone else's is. So we begin to find the purpose of our life in God. And the purpose of my life, there was some ver- there's one verse in particular in here that just struck me very, very clearly. And it's because of one word that is kept on being repeated. Verse 7 in the message, it says this, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of, cross, of the cross. We're a free people. Free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free, but abundantly free. The purpose of our life is to live in union with Christ Jesus, who tells us that our life matters, who tells us that we're to live in freedom because of what he has done. We're to be free. We need to live in freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom to live in union with God, adopted into his family, to enjoy the freedom offered through Jesus Christ. We're not barely free. We're not slightly free. We're abundantly free through what Christ has done. Free from what? Free from guilt. So many people walk around carrying great burdens of guilt. Things that have happened in the past. Things that cannot be changed. But carrying the guilt of all the problems, all the things that have been done wrong around. And Christ says, no, you're not to have that. I've come to set you free. And not just barely free, but abundantly free. That you can leave the past behind. That guilt no longer need to be a burden on you. The purpose of your life is to live in freedom. Be free from guilt. Confess sins to God. They're dealt with there at the cross. We're to be free. Not barely free, but abundantly free. Free from guilt. Free from fear as well. So many people are paralysed, imprisoned in cells through fear. Not wanting to risk things. Afraid of the future. What's going to happen? Christ Jesus has come into the world to reveal reveal God's purpose for you and for me. 
to reveal not just a purpose for this lifetime, but for all eternity, that we may be set free from the fears that hold us for the future. From the fears of all the things that could go wrong. From the fears of the things that have gone wrong. We're to be free. And not just barely free, but abundantly free. We're to be free from resentment and anger. Again, so many people have been hurt by others in the past that they carry around the resentment and anger of what other people have done to them. And the sad truth is that that hurts the people who carry around the resentment and anger. Bitterness is crippling in our lives. Christ came to set us free. We've been set free from our wrongdoing, from our sin. And Christ longs that we can also be set free from the resentment and the anger that we have towards other people. Christ has come, not that we're just barely free, but that we're abundantly free. Free from materialism. The world around us which says, gather more around you. The world around us that says, look, show by your status and the things that you own that you have made a success in life. We've been set free from that. We don't need to find our success in the things that we have, in the status that we hold, in the eyes of the world. The only status that matters is our status in Christ Jesus. And you know what that status is? The status is, you're my beloved sons and daughters in Christ, the ones whom I've set free, the freedom offered through Jesus Christ. We're set free from these things, from materialism. And we're set free from the need for approval. You know, so many people walk around in life seeking the approval of others, trying to fit in with the world around us, trying to fit in with everything that's going on trying to fit in with what other people think we should be doing. Maybe that's parents. Maybe that's spouses. Maybe that's friends and family. Maybe it's even the church. But we walk around having to try and seek the approval of others. Christ came to set us free. The only person we need to be in right relationship and seek approval from is the Lord God. Our God. And you know what? He gives us his approval. He gives us his unreserved approval when we say we turn to him. We repent of all the things that are not of him. We say sorry. And we say we long to live in union with him. We get approval then from God. Guaranteed. Without a doubt. This is the purpose of our life. To be freed from all the things that bind. Religion Christianity isn't about a series of rules. It's about freedom and the freedom that Christ brings to us. Freedom from guilt, freedom from fear, freedom from resentment and anger, freedom from materialism, freedom from the need for approval. We are not just barely free. We are abundantly free in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I ask the question, have you found the purpose for your life? Are you living in union with God in the abundant freedom given to us through Jesus Christ? The last verse that we read in Ephesians is this. The Spirit is the guarantee that we shall receive what God has promised his people. And this assures us that God will give complete freedom to those who are his. 
Let's praise his glory. Let's praise his glory because of our identity in Christ. People who are invited into the divine relationship with God. People who are set free. Whose life matters. Let me just finish with two very brief illustrations of different people. One is about a lady called Hetty who died in 1916. She lived her life as a pauper. She was the person who um, she wouldn't heat her porridge up because she thought it cost too much to heat. She was the person who, when her son had an infection in his leg, looked around for a free clinic and, um, uh, and in the end didn't find one soon enough and his leg was amputated. She lived in poverty. When she died, she had, it was discovered, $100 million. You know, this is 1916. She was very rich. She lived as a pauper, but had incredible riches. Contrast that with a man called John Smith who lived in poverty in America until one day he heard that he had inherited a vast fortune here in Britain. And um, he went out, before he had had any confirmation of this, he went out, brought the most expensive suit he could find and booked a first-class air ticket to come back over to England on. He hadn't had confirmation, but he believed what he'd heard and he lived with the riches he knew were his. How are you living spiritually? Are you living as somebody who has the great riches that Christ has offered us? Inviting us into union with him, the freedom that he gives, saying that your life is of immense value. Are we living as a pauper, as Hetty did? Or is we living, are we living as Jesus, knowing the riches of God's grace? What on earth am I here for? I'm here to enjoy the relationship with God that he offers us. The relationship that leads to abundant joy. The relationship that brings freedom. The relationship of love. God invites each of us to enjoy, to enjoy that love with him. Have you found the purpose for your life? If you've got that relationship with God, the answer is yes. If not, keep searching, because I can tell you, you will find purpose there that nothing else will ever give. May God help each of us find that relationship and enjoy living with him in union with him and knowing that as the purpose for our lives. Amen. We're going to take a few moments to respond. For you, your response may be that you've never known this relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we're invited to live in union with him. But you may never have experienced that. Perhaps this morning is the time to ask Christ into your life. Perhaps this morning is the time to ask God to reveal more of himself to you. So that you might even want to know him with the sort of relationship that I'm talking about. Maybe some of you are not living in freedom this morning. And you want to pray to God that he will give you the freedom. Not just bare freedom but abundant freedom
maybe you need to respond to God in some other way. But we respond, and um, as we do so, we're going to sing. You may want to just sit and be quiet, but we're going to have some music played. And let's respond to God. may be one or two people this morning who want some prayer for them, particularly perhaps about something we've spoken about. What I'm going to suggest we do now is, um, you know, we, we stand and sing another song, and we'll stand together, but if you want to remain seated, that's fine as well. But then if there's anyone who particularly would like someone to pray for them, perhaps about a particular freedom needing to feel, or a sense of fear, 
a sense of guilt, a sense of whatever it is. Maybe it's just asking to feel more of God in your life. Sometimes it's a real powerful thing about coming forward and saying and asking for somebody to pray for you. And if that's you, then do take opportunity to do that this morning. Let's stand and sing together as we continue to respond to God.
May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and those that you love this day and forever. All of us free to know the power of Christ in our lives and the freedom that he brings. Amen.